The Women of Color STEM Conference presents The Power of Focus, tuning in to the right priorities, a professional development seminar featuring National Industrial Business Operations Director for NAVAIR, Adrian Somerville, Senior Engineer for NetApp Incorporated, Anu Mangali, and Diversity and Inclusion Manager for Raytheon Company, Lisa Reiser. We have access to limitless information in our rapidly changing world as we face competing priorities. There are so many opportunities, options, paths, new developments, and discoveries that fight for our limited attention. With this in mind, clarity and focus are critical skills to ensure that we reach our most important milestone. If you can conquer the art of focus, you will prosper, be more effective, and increase the quality of life and work. This workshop will provide specific focusing strategies to help you make decisive moves, change bad habits, minimize your weaknesses, and maximize your strengths. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents The Power of Focus, tuning in to the right priorities, featuring Adrian Somerville, Anu Mangali, and Lisa Reiser. Okay, so good morning, everyone. We're about to get started. Um, I'll, well, I, I think some feedback earlier was closing the door because it gets a little noisy. So if, if we can close the door, that would be great. So I'd like to introduce myself, and then I'll have the, our colleagues here sharing this panel with me introduce themselves before we get started. Um, we're serving almost as the moderator as earlier. How many people were in the same room for the previous workshop? Oh, nice. This whole little side over here, all my newbies. Good, well, welcome. I know we bonded over here already. This is like round two. Uh, so for those, hopefully remember, if you have not done so already, to scan your badges so that you can get um, learning continuous education points for this seminar um, and all the seminars throughout this event. Um, this is a free open space, so we want people to be very engaging and interactive, and there's no, uh, this is non-attribution, so no one's going to go back and say anything. So we want you to be open and honest um, in your conversations with us this morning. And um, also, speak into the mic when you have questions, when we get to the question and answer segment, only because this event is being recorded, and that's the only way they can have the Q&As captured. Um, so I'll introduce myself. My name is Adrienne Somerville. I am currently the National Business Operations Director. I work for the Navy. I'm also venturing off at some point, for those that know me, and starting my own company. See, I'm just going to speak my stuff right out there. Yeah. Right out there. So what are we going to do? We're getting focused. I'm starting my own consulting firm. And um, I graduated from Norfolk State University. Do I have any? Behold the green and gold. Woo! That's what we do. Spartans in the house. Um, so, and then I've also studied at, um, at Florida Institute of Technology, Georgetown University, and Harvard University as well. And so I'd like to introduce um, my colleagues. All right. Good morning, everyone. That is an incredibly hard act to follow. <laughs> Adrian, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. My name is Lisa Reiser. I am the Senior Manager for Diversity and Inclusion for Raytheon, and that's for our Raytheon Missile Systems headquarter out of Tucson, Arizona. Um, this is a conference that our company loves to attend, loves to support, and we're here every year, and I'm really grateful that Adrienne invited me to be on her panel. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I'm Anu Mangli. Uh, I'm from NetApp. I come from India, traveling 24 hours to be here, and pretty excited. How are you all? Oh, make some noise. <laughs> so, I'm a senior engineer at NetApp. Um, I'm a software person. So, I've been, uh, I've been with NetApp for past nine years. Um, I, I work with uh, multiple teams and coordinating between teams and making sure that from the technology perspective, the, the team, my team's work is getting done. That's, that's pretty much how I would, how I would de define my role as there. Besides that, I'm a mother of two, 
two boys waiting at India for my return. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also the WIT leader for the technology and innovation track in NetApp, where we really, really focus on getting more technology interest among women. So, so thank you, thank you um, uh, for having me here. Uh, looking forward to have a great session with all of you and my fellow panelists today. Thank you. Well, thank you. So we're going to get right to it. Um, and this really is about focusing. Um, I, I mentioned earlier the, in, in the previous seminar, there's a lot of conversation. And we used to believe that we had all these things like our gift was, I can manage multiple priorities. Doing all of everything means I'm not really doing much of anything. And so if you're going to see anything to fruition, where you're going to be able to celebrate your success and your accomplishments, it's to fully understand your ability to focus and have massive movement. So one of the things I want you to emphasize is just whatever your dream is, just grab a hold of it and run with it. Some of us are very reluctant. Someone came up to me moments ago and said, you know, I kind of felt like doing something and saying something, but I was a little nervous. But own whatever your dreams are. Um, they're your dreams, kind of like being pregnant. You know, I know, for the guys, you're probably like, okay, where's she going to go with that? But, you know, when you're pregnant, no one knows what your baby looks like. You don't even know what your babies look like. I don't even have to describe what my child's going to look like because it's mine, and it is your dream to own it. You don't have to justify it. People don't have to believe it. They don't even have to believe you're pregnant. As long as you know that this is what your dream is, that's what you start moving out on. So hold on to it. Um, we're going to talk about a strategy, right? So I want you to have a dream, but today I want you to walk out with some tools in your toolkit to help you operationalize that and make that dream a reality. This is an action-oriented co conference because this is about making progress. So this time next year when you come, you're going to be able to declare some success that you took action and made some moves immediately when you left this event. Um, I want you to re review and reflect. We're going to di dive a little bit more into that your purpose-filled agenda um, going forward, and then we're going to lock down some ways that you can measure and course correct. But this is about leading and living a life with intention and purpose. Now, how many of you feel I am purpose-filled? I already know where I'm going. My dream is codified. I I'm moving by a show of hands. That's good. That's good. And how many of us feel like I got some thoughts? Still processing. Um, but I had some thoughts. Exactly. But when you leave here, you're going to be solid. See, that's what I'm talking about. Give yourself a round of applause for that. So grab hold of your dream. Um, evaluating your authentic self is very key. Um, and getting clear in your mind um, exactly what it is you want. Um, and forgiveness is powerful. Everyone isn't where they want to be today. That's just a fact. You thought, well, by now... I would have had this and making this, driving a convertible up the coast of California. And I'm just not there yet. Um, but, you know, my house is not as organized as I would like. Um, and I still haven't gotten that, you know, doctorate degree that I've been trying to get. I've been on the 10-year plan, still taking classes, working on my dissertation. Forgive yourself for all of that when you leave here today. Um, it is okay to not necessarily have arrived to what you deemed your destination, because your journey is going to position you to be even greater when you finally do arrive. So I want you to get unstuck. And that's a mental thing, right? Because we who is the worst victim and critic? You. We're ourselves. We're the, we will label, all, focus on all the negative things, all the setbacks, all the poor decisions, all the failed relationships, all the things I thought I would be and I haven't been yet. Um, very key to start to shed that from yourself. Um, as you're in this, because this is a transition period, you guys didn't know you were in transition, right? You're in transition, and so as you're making this transition, you need to get unstuck, forgive everybody that let you down, that you thought was going to come through for you, that didn't, didn't show up and show out when you needed them, because that's all behind you, effective like immediately. And this is about harnessing your talent, and when I say talent, I'm a believer that everybody has a gift. And my role as a leader is to help you identify it if you don't know it, and to unleash it for the goodness of our organization and for those in our community. That, to me, is leadership. That's kind of my definition kind of of it. Um, so you have a talent, and if you didn't think so, we're going to find it today. Um, and we're going to unleash it because it is about leveling up and bossing up in your next chapter of your life. 
So let's talk about the strategy. Um, your mission should be long, broad goals of accomplishment. You want that convertible. You want that house. You want to start that foundation. You want to you know, be active, more active in your church. Um, identify what it is at a very high level, top level, and then start to identify those steps. And when I say identify steps, you see, I like moving beyond, I'm trying to stay in front of this mic. Uh, next time, they're going to mic me up like a Kardashian so I can work the room. Um, so uh, really, it's about establishing some long-term, realistic goals and objectives and put dates. Now, dates intimidate people, do they not? It's like, oh, if I don't make it, that, that, that's not enough time. No, be very realistic, but be very conscientious about your dates. Um, not lofty and long. I'm going to do that like probably next summer. No, I want to do that by June 1st. I'm going to hold myself accountable, and I'm going to back up the action steps that are going to enable me to do that. Um, I'm a vision board person because I'm a visual person, and I like to check. I like to see stuff come off my checklist. So think about that, putting your vision board. There are a lot of apps today that are also enablers. Someone told me about Thule as an app just recently to basically identify your actionable items and then cross them off and hold yourself accountable. But let me tell you why this is important. Who likes to celebrate? Exactly. I, I, me too, everything, anything. Um, and it's important because the reality is it's about celebrating your success along the way because this is a journey right along the way and when i when i make one move that i can stack upon another move and i celebrate that one move it propels me and intrinsically motivates me to get to that next level because i want to cross it off and i want something else to celebrate because that's really what life is about so identifying what are those steps that are going to make you successful and i would offer let them be a little bit uncomfortable right let them be uh, that. I don't really like to public speak. Oh, I'm an introvert. I hate networking. Hate it. How many people like networking? You like networking? Woo, my goodness gracious. That is a hard, that is a skill and it is a gift. Now, I don't like networking because I'm an introvert. I know y'all didn't think that right. I'm an introvert. But the reality is I have to psych myself up. I say I'm going for one hour and then I'm leaving and then I shut the place down. Um, but <laughs> But once you get into that, I can do it. I'm going to go in. I'm going to talk to Jack, David, and Lisa, and then I'm out. Um, but it makes me uncomfortable because I got to navigate. I got to find something to talk about. I need an icebreaker. Are they going to have a game? I don't want to do a game tonight. Worked all day. You know, all of that stuff. So you got to get into the mindset. But set some goals. Um, and I was talking to someone earlier. When we are so busy uh, trying to build a network, learn from new people, find a mentor, work all day, family life, you know, be very targeted with your calendar. See, I can make money, but I can't make time, right? So I have to block out once a month, I'm going to go meet with someone new. Once a month, I'm going to do this. Um, while my child, is, I'm going to join an organization and I can't be there physically, but I can Skype in, I can support, I can connect. Just feel free to make yourself uncomfortable and not necessarily have lofty steps but real targeted, deliberate steps as you move forward. So um, initiatives. So when you make these steps, make sure they're quantifiable. So if I do this, because this is about prioritization, right? There are lots of things you can do to get, you, to get where you want to be. Some things take longer than others, right? So what am I going to do in my prioritization of these actionable steps that are going to yield the greatest amount of movement to get me closer? And you weed out the noise, because I know people say, I've got a lot of ideas, I just don't have enough time. But it really is about prioritization. And so when you list your things to do, um, think about, okay, so if I do one and three, or if I do, maybe I need to move three to number two, because that's that important to get it accomplished. And do it daily. And I'll talk a little bit about how some of the things that I do. Um, so set your targets and commit to yourself. So some people don't like account. Who has an accountability partners? I call them my APs. Now these people call you out and they make you uncomfortable. They, you know, you promised to do something this day. What happened? Now you have to explain it. And maybe I just didn't feel like it. I was watching How to Get Away with Murder and I zoned out. Um, so, but it's someone who holds you accountable. You want to make sure you have an agreement with yourself. Like when you leave here, don't let this be the conference that it was good. 
I was hyped. I went back. Here comes life. Here comes work. I didn't put anything in writing. Make that commitment to yourself. Um, this is your investment, uh, and there is no greater investment that can be made than in yourself. Everything else depreciates, um, but you don't. And I'm telling you, the housing market, we all saw that it depreciates too. Everyone's like, the housing market does. Well, it does. But for you, it, it won't, the value that you'll make in yourself. So set some time frames, goals, and objectives. So um, be very prescriptive and deliberate in what you want to measure. Um, and make sure there's a clear path to someone holding you accountable. Some of us will make excuses and tell ourselves, and to me, a schedule doesn't slip and slide, right? You don't rebaseline, set new dates, and now I have a new schedule, and all is well. Not really. You really just slipped. Um, and having those real talk and those hard conversations with yourselves is exactly what you, what you want to do when it's about traceability and accountability. Because this is all about you. So don't lie and kid yourself about your goals and objectives and the success or the movement you're making if it's not really happening. So what you don't want to be is next year in the same position, having justified why you are where you are and told yourself a story that you believe is your reality. Because we can tell ourselves a story and it is our truth. And then it's like, what do you mean? You get defensive, you own it, you guard it. Um, but it really is not the reality. That's the decisions that you made. So let me tell you, this is, these are my tips. Oh, these are my tips. So how many people have heard of warrior hour? The term used warrior hour. So warrior hour, see, this is what I like terms are there. So warrior hour means you have to get up early, right? You ever see businessmen and you're like, now how can they be playing golf at noon and they're done for the day? Well, see, while others were sleeping, they were awake at 4 o'clock, 4.30 warrior hours, putting in the work long before you got up at 7, you watch the Today Show, kind of mull around, do all of that. And then it's like, oh, now I'm going to really start putting in some work. Um, the reality is when you, rise, when you rise to shine, it is all about grinding to greatness that day. Um, so you get up super early because, remember, when you're in a competitive environment, I have to beat my competitor. And if my competitor is getting up at 7, 7.30, I want to be up at 4, 4.30 because I'm getting that competitive advantage of knocking my things out long before the others get into the game. Very key. Um, be an inspiration. So when you walk through the halls, you never know what someone's going through. You never know what word turns someone's day around. You never know. Even that's a really nice dress. I didn't really think about it. You say that's the old thing. Thanks. Um, and accept the compliments when they give them to you. But your goal is to every day be an inspiration to someone because it's the law of attraction. It comes right back to you. Guaranteed, it will come right back to you. Um, keep it tight and keep it right. Now, I get a little sensitive topic here. But you're, for some, your look is your brand. But you have to feel good about how you look, however that is. So do something healthy. Do, you know, eat right, walk around, do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel good. But, you know, don't, don't allow yourself to not feel good about who you are. Um, so for me, I like to run. I don't always get to run. Um, but, you know, as you get older, things don't seem to flow right. You know, you know, I don't know what's happening, laws of gravity, whatever. But the reality is put some effort into your look because it is you. And I'm going to tell you, ladies, when I look good, what happens? Exactly. When I step into the meeting with the red suit that I can finally fit, I, I, there's an extra pep in my step and a little bit of a um, direction in my voice because I know I feel good. I'm just going to nail it. So you want to definitely be some, in some way physical. Um, crushing your agenda is very key. So at night, I identify exactly what I want to accomplish the next day. I'm very deliberate about that. And I start to put numbers beside them. And this matters because there is scientific evidence that shows while you're sleeping, you're already starting to process what you have to do, right? You're already getting in the mindset. So when you wake up at 4.30, warrior hours, you're ready to crush it. Like you, you've already, you're not floundering. How many people don't do this and you're like, I thought I was going to get that thing done today. Didn't get around to it. No accountability for not doing it. Shifted to the next day now, a week has passed. A week! I still need to get that resume updated because that job announcement's coming out and I haven't done it yet. One, I don't really want to do it. 
That's one thing. Two, it's harder. So, right, I got to sit down and have some dedicated time. But identify your whatever you need to crush, whether it's make that phone call, apply for that job, meet with that person, do that budget plan or whatever. Um, you need to make sure you kind of lay that out for yourselves. Um, and then create the plan for tomorrow. So you work your agenda, and then when you finish crushing those items, figure out what you want to do the next day. Now, I'm a little old school, so some of us have like little index cards because I just like to flip back throughout the year and see all the things that I've done. Um, and you put those down, whatever works for you. There are apps, as I mentioned earlier, um, it's about getting focused, right? So it's just about understanding what I want to do, what is my agenda, how I'm going to crush it, holding myself accountable, and beating the competition. And that is early rising. Um, so it might mean you burn the midnight oil, you don't get to sleep, whatever you need to do to make it work for you to be intentional, right? Because this is your life. So I want to um, have my colleagues kind of come up and join um, and kind of talk or any questions or comments they have, uh, but we want to field questions. We did not want to have death by PowerPoint. Um, we wanted to be very open and honest and have enough conversation for dialogue uh, because we want to hopefully leave you with some tools and you share your experience and we kind of help you navigate through those during this forum today. Um, so I want to open the floor, right, um, to questions. Good morning, my name is Candace Smith and my question is um, maybe not so much self-prioritization. So in a, a world where I sit on numerous telecons right, virtual, not on the camera, I'm often multitasking. I don't know if any of you guys do the same. Mm. Yeah. I am finding, just realize, sit, I was taking copious notes, sitting there, <laughs> realize I'm not getting much done. Really? And so then I have to go back and like, okay, what did they say? And if it's a decision to be made, are there some best practices yeah. that you guys are using to force yourself to focus? Mm -hmm. Don't tell me turn on the camera because I tried that <laughs> and I have found a way to act like I'm paying attention and I'm probably doing something else. So I am serious. I, I'm just like overwhelmed with the number of things that I have to do and decide and I am losing focus. Um, that's a very good question and, and I think it's something that impacts all of us. Uh, I just want to take a little bit of a step back. Think of your life as a Venn diagram. Okay. We, all of us here have a career or if we don't have a career yet, all of us want to have a career. And that's that ultimate fulfillment of who I am, what I was put on this earth to achieve. That's my career, right? We all have a life, and that's our family, our children, our parents. Even our church, for me, falls under my life. And then we all have a job. My question to you is, think of those three as a Venn diagram and try to have as much overlap as possible. Many of us have that passion that we call our career, but somehow we're doing this other job, right? So that's very distracting. How do we do what Adrian is encouraging us to do to have that vision, that long-term vision, if the three do not touch, right? So I've got a long-term vision for my family. I want to see my kids go off to college. I want them to be happy. I want them to be healthy. I have a long-term vision for my job. I don't want to get fired. I want to do good. I want to make sure my boss is happy, right? And I have a long-term vision for my career. This is where I see myself in 10, 15 years. If those three are not touching, like a Venn diagram, try to find, that's the first thing I beg you to do, find a way to bring those three closer. And it may mean switching jobs. It may mean finally saying, you know what, maybe I need to start making that shift. Maybe I, if you work for a big corporation, one of the easiest things to do is move around, right? Uh, explore a way to make those connect. That would be my number one advice to you. So I just want to thank you all for bringing, um, for stepping on my toes. So I work at Marine Corps Systems Command. I'm the engineering competency manager. And my list of to-dos, just like most everybody, is, is, is long. It's very long. I'm also in an environment where those priorities change depending on an initiative, depending on a mission, and I am struggling to meet the goals of the vision that Karen has set while still accommodating the tasks of the mission. Any tools on how to merge or is it even possible? 
So I'm a developer of people, right? Um, and I think a lot of that balance comes in when I have other people that are proficient and competent and confident that can go and represent me and the command well. Um, so one of the key things is to look to your successors or that potential cadre of individuals and, and ensure that they are being developed and they're empowered to go into rooms where you can't make every meeting, but you can send someone and you can rest well knowing that um, they've got it. If they need anything, they'll come back to you and ask afterwards. But I think developing people to help with some of those taskers and to work on that list, you know, John, you've got this today, I'm gonna give this to Lisa, um, and that frees you up to do some of the other stuff. The other cool thing is it develops people. It gives them an opportunity to grow, to step out of their comfort zone. So they have to be prepared. They don't wanna let you down. They, so they go in and it's a great developmental growth opportunity for them as well. So in my, in my role, I try to empower others. And I know sometimes you're like, ooh, but I just wanna make sure, you know, you're not very comfortable with relinquishing some of that authority. Um, but it, the, the legacy leadership, that that to me feeds is powerful because they become much more confident. People start to lean on them instead of you, which is goodness. And then you can pull back and do some of those more strategic things and allow them to become the face and the technical suite. You're welcome. Hey, uh, good, morning. good morning. I sat a while to frame my question, but still I don't think I've done a good job. So uh, I have completed five years of my tech industry career. So I consider myself a newbie, but not so newbie. In my five years, I have seen this, that every time I achieve something, according to the plan and the tips you guys just mentioned, something similar to that, I hear people saying, uh, yeah, congratulations, but then, uh, yeah, you're single, so you can spend more time, so you have achieved this. I move further, mm. then I hear to, like, yeah, congratulations, but then you don't have kids yet, so you can do more. So I'm like, should we always be bad at something to be good at something, especially <laughs> in this industry? So I'm like, how to deal with this? Okay. Um, how, how many of you face this? Yeah, see. So, you know, this, this is not a problem that if people, other people don't face, you know? Um, one of the things I have seen very, very difficult in any industry or even in tech industry is that I have seen voices coming out on questioning something when goes wrong in a room rather than to be spoken individually. Whereas when it is time to compliment, it is like you are taken to a room and you are complimented alone. You know, first of all, I would say uh, the people in this room, be ready to compliment others who are doing, you know, doing good, be open to do compliments. The other part of it, you know, the side comment that comes with it, you know, I, I would say, take the compliment and leave the rest. You know, the, the first thing is, uh, it, is it, it, leaves, it needs you to be ready to be recognized. I have seen many people not ready to take the recognition. You know, when, especially with women, when, when they have said, you did a good job, people say that, you know what, my team has helped me a lot to do it. Come on, you'll be ready to take it. Uh, you ready, I, ha I want to say that be ready to take the compliment for the hard work you have done and be ready to take up any, any additional comments that comes with you that can help you improve. So all the best, hope that helps. Thank you. I, I just wanna add one more thing to your, um, so people respond to you the way you allow them to respond to you. So if I'm leaving at a certain time per day, I'm not staying late because I'm single or I have no children, they will adjust to your behavior shift. Um, you, if you want to go home at a decent hour and you're like, at 6 o'clock, I'm leaving, they will start to look for you at 7 and realize, oh, well, this must be a new her. She's not staying at late anymore. They will adjust accordingly. So you set the stage for how people will treat you and respond to you. And so you own that to say, no, I don't have, I know a lot of people that don't have children, but they don't want to work 16 hours either. They have a life outside of their work life. And so when they, you look and they're gone at 5.30, you're like, okay, well, you stop coming back there anticipating they will be working because 
they have adjusted and they've changed and they go home at a decent hour. So my advice to you is you decide when you wanna leave and don't make yourself available and accessible beyond what you want to be. Hi, my name is Debbie Barrett. I am the head of work, life and culture for an organization. And so my, um, my coming up to the mic was less about a question and more about a comment. Mm -hmm. So some of the earlier questions were about prioritizing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we're trying to do in our organization is recognize that when you look at your Outlook calendar or your list of things that you have to do, so many of those things are not your priorities. They're mm -hmm. priorities that are other people's mm -hmm. priorities that are then put on you because you're a dependency in order to move their thing forward. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we need to do is understand when we're looking at our list of things to do, what are those things that are the priorities for us and what are the things that are the priorities for someone else and then level set based on the outcome and the impact that those activities are going to have. And so part of what we're trying to do within our organization is open up the lines of communication so that you can have honest, transparent conversations about what the real priorities are, cross department, cross division, cross whatever those lines are so that people understand that their priority is not necessarily your priority, particularly if their priority is a last minute priority because they decided something had to be done in Q3 and they come to you at the second to last week in September. <laughs> That's not your priority, right. right? And you need to be able to tell them, thank you very much for including me in this. I understand that this is important. I'd like to work with you on it, but this is not what I need to get done for Q3. So let's talk about this in October or let's talk about this in November. Mm -hmm. And to the point that you made earlier, then that enables an accountability between colleagues mm -hmm. that um, we need to be responsible for not just thinking about how we hold ourselves accountable, but how we hold the people accountable that Absolutely. we work with. So I just wanted mm -hmm. to put that out there because I think it's important yeah. for the way that we work and hopefully that helps others as well. You're listening to The Power of Focus, tuning in to the right priorities. Featuring Adrian Somerville, Anu Mangali, and Lisa Reiser. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference. Uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Thanks. There, there are simple things that you can do too. That was good. Like, um, I know people will say, well, yeah, when you get back, can you send me an email? And it's like, well, I got to remember to send you an email. Uh, you know what? If it's important to you, well, you, you send me the email, right? You start to shed yourself of some of the responsibilities mm -hmm. of having to like, oh, I got to remember. No, you know what? If it's important to you, you send me um, an email. Little things like that. Um, there's a book, Juggling the Elephant, where basically John, I can't think of his last name, he talks about that too. Like people treat you and respond to you in the professional environment the way you allow them. So you have to set certain boundaries. Um, and I only do emails a certain time of day. That's when you respond to emails. You take back control. It's like, oh, I got all these emails. The phone's ringing. I got to finish this white paper. Um, you know what? I'm only going to do emails a certain time. I block out on my calendar. There's time just to learn something new. So you're continuing to creatively and critically think. Um, you block out time and then you don't respond during those hours. But what happens is if you want to walk around the block for whatever at your command, for you know, 30 minutes to get some exercise. If you block that time and you continue to ignore your schedule, people will they will ignore it too and assume you're available. If they see, oh, it's two o'clock, she's probably taking a walkabout, they will adjust. So I just want to say thanks for that because I was sitting over there scared to even come up to ask my question, and she kind of <laughs> just sort of answered it, but. The question was, when you have a priority but no authority, so I'm on a team where I'm the go-to person. Everyone comes to me. Everything's my, they're, oh, Betsy, I have something for you that I need done in two hours. I'm like, get in line? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so when I try to delegate out to the rest of my team, I'm not their manager. I don't have authority. How, how do I encourage that and, and get them to have that prioritization on their own rather than just, you do this. Because mm -hmm. there's only but one Betsy. I can't right. do everything. <laughs> yeah. Thank so, you. 
uh, I like to take that question because that's something I have juggled with uh, in my in my career a lot. So when you are good at um, when you are the good person or you are the go-to person in your team, it's obvious that people come to you for your questions and to make sure that you know they, their work gets done faster and they can go home early or get the things done for the team and it's it's good for the team and it's 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 nothing nothing bad about it. I mean everything is done. It's it's all good. The thing is, we all work for a company. This entire team is working for a goal. And the, at the end, we want that goal to be achieved. So it's very important to make sure that if you are facing this, you just make it loud and out that you are focused on this problem today. And this is what I need to work on. You can get your help from the manager, you know, if you really face this problem, because I have seen that uh, many a times the managers are not knowing that the number of the amount of effort you are putting together or putting out outside of what was meant from your day job. So I would definitely say that make it loud and clear what you are doing, what is going on in your area so that people understand that, you know, I'm, I'm here on a conference and I, I'm on the panel today and I'm not going to reply to my emails. Make it out and loud and clear so that the team knows that you are in a place here uh, doing this and you are you are away for that so that you you are not accessible for the day and i know that when you do it a couple of times people are going to find the next person whom they can go to or they will find the way to wait for another day so that get, they can get it done hi my question is uh um, kind of like hers, but um, in order to maintain my priorities, I have to say no to lower priority things. How can I do it in a politically correct way? So, you know, part of, you know, we all work in teams, right? And there's a hidden team dynamic of relationships, right? So it truly is about garnering relationships and rewarding and recognizing those that step up immediately to kind of help enable the team's success. And so I think what's also helpful for the person that's like, I have the, I don't have the authority to task you to do it, but you know, I want to appeal to you the reason why you should do it. Um, and I think that, that goes a long ways than task management anyway. It's like, hey, you know, you're the best person that can knock this out. They need this done today. I'm like at my tipping point. I don't have the bandwidth to do it, but you know, you're better at it than I am anyway. You could do it, fast. like getting people on the team to be experts in those things that continue to come up um, and that they appreciate the why it's important that it gets done and why they're the go-to person. I think that kind of helps with some of the prioritization of things too. Leveraging the team, it's about relationships. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, my name's Hi. Shalom. Um, I work in information technology, and I'm not actually a, a computer science major or anything. I kind of stumbled into the job, and I've noticed um, throughout my studies and my certifications, it feels like uh, every other day, every other week, we have some new technology coming out. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. after I get my certification, it's already, like, obsolete. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it feels like you have to step ahead of the game just to be in line with everybody else. Yeah. So I kind of want to know what are your uh, strategies or like any information sources that you guys use to kind of be the first one, first mover on all that stuff. So, so this is a great question. I'm sure um, many on in this room are really facing this because when I was on my flight, I had the same conversation with my colleague who was sitting next to me and she's, she's clicking the picture right there. <laughs> so, so we were discussing about this one new technology that has come out and we were talking about like, okay, did you write about it? Uh, you know, that sounds really cool. So uh, I would say this is about making sure that uh, the point that she has made, like um, how are you going to divide your day and, you know, planning your next day, how much time you are going to keep aside for this particular thing. So if you could do a bit of planning on how you manage your day, I'm sure you're going to put that in your priority list. If you think you want to be ahead of your tech skills and you want to be really learning something outside of what you do at your day job, you have to get it first on your priority list. 
if you can make it, then, then I think you have done the first part or the piece that is required to get to it. The second part of it is like, how do you really do it, right? You have got it on your priority list. How do you do it now? And you, are, you have already set, set aside the time for it now, so how do you do it now? So you have to find the options out there which, which is useful, which can fit it your time. You cannot like join for a course where you have to go every afternoon for this course and just learn it. So you have to find out the ways where you can fit it to your priority list, at, get it as part of your possible time. So if you can do both together, I think you would be able to get it achieved. Just a small follow-up. Um, what do we like do with that information that is no obsolete? Like, is, you know, like, I, I have this uh, information, but it's not uh, yeah. useful. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, you know? See, um, we, we know that, um, so, so it, it, it's, 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 it's very common in tech companies, you know, the technology just changes, like, um, um, I, I don't want to take the tech, technology names right now because I know this this is a you know this team is not all software team so so this 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 one technology has gone out and it's of no use now the other technology has come in but uh, do you think that a college grad who has just done all in that new technology would be made the team lead I don't think so the thing is there is something that you earn through years of experience and that's going to stay and if you can just fit in your new technology skills just by what we just discussed before, I'm sure you are going to be on top. Thank you very much. And remember, you're going to get up warrior hour, and you're going to read, and you're going to learn some new things every day. Hi, I'm back. Again, I don't have a question. I have a comment, so I'm sorry. But I'm, I, just, I'm, I feel compelled to speak when I'm hearing some of this stuff. Um, so I started at my organization a year ago, and I found out that we had LinkedIn Learning, formerly known as lynda.com. Mm -hmm. And we had um, a limited number of licenses, but they were out there for employees to use. Employees didn't know. It had been communicated, but it had kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. So when I'm listening to this gentleman, I'm thinking to myself, ask. Ask what opportunities are out there. Ask what systems and programs that your company has, that your school has, that you, whatever organizations that you belong to have. Because a lot of them have stuff that's not being utilized mm -hmm. because people don't know. Mm -hmm. So talk to your manager, talk to your HR department, talk to whatever mentor you have, formal or informal, to find out what access you have and then use it. Sorry, I had to figure out how to actually say it. I'm Candace Allen, I'm a project chief with FCA and Body Engineering. Um, recently ha got a new manager, um, and one of my priorities, it's always been my priority, is to kind of fill the pipeline with black women engineers because in every organization that I've worked for, I've been like one of two or one of three, if that. Um, and Again, one of my priorities is always to try to mentor, to try to fill the pipeline, to, to take out time for our affinity groups um, and make myself available to CIE students, co-ops, and things like that. He's not someone that feels that that's important. Um, I don't know how to impress upon him that this is important to me because he's a I don't see color type of person. Um, which is a little discouraging. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how to, how to convey that this is, I need to devote a portion of my time to this because this is important to me. This is, should be important to you because it's important to the company as a whole. So any tips on helping him understand that mm -hmm. without? Um, so it sounds like you have a lot of passion around diversity. I do. What is your job? I'm a project chief. So, so that's, that's, that's we're getting back to kind of that. Your career is probably more central around developing others, helping others, and growing yourself. But your day job is really about project Executing management. Very, <laughs> yeah, high profile so, so that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're kind of split. Yes. Um, what opportunities are there within your organization to get more engaged with, with diversity and inclusion? Like, for example, at Raytheon, we have employee resource groups. I'm um, very much involved in our employee resource groups. We, when we have CIE students or co-ops, I always make myself available yeah. to them. I have 
unofficial mentors um, and unofficial mentees as okay. well, but the time that it takes to do that, again, it's that prioritization because if it I'm is. doing that, I'm not working on something that maybe he thinks is more important. So you use part of your day job to do some of the DNI. He probably doesn't like that, does yeah. he? Yeah. But yeah. it's for the company's benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to also think that your, your immediate supervisor, manager, director is probably just very focused on the bottom line, right? You were hired to do a specific role. He clearly doesn't understand diversity and inclusion, and it's not your role to really educate him just between you and I, right? I agree. Yeah. Um, and we've all had managers, and we will continue to have at some point in our careers a relationship with someone who really doesn't get that, that people part. Of, of the work that's so critical. Kudos to you, you get it, right? You. So you're gonna go far. Thank you. You know, um, but right now you need to manage your reality. My advice to you would be, if you really love your job, of course, nurture it, take care of it, and you're gonna have to put in some extra hours to do all the ERG stuff. Mm -hmm. But try to look for an opportunity, and you, you will find an opportunity. I found an opportunity. I've been with DNI now for just two years but I've been with Raytheon for 13 years as a program manager. And during those first 11 years, I volunteered for every ERG, I supported our DNI director, I learned all of the training that she was deploying, and I would go out and, and you know, do the training on you know, unconscious bias, inclusive leader, cultural navigator, did all of that stuff. A job opened up and I, I snagged it. I got my DNI job. So I was kind of like ready for that opportunity to open up. But don't kid yourself, I'm with you, I hear you. It's gonna be hard, because you're gonna be doing both. You're gonna to have to take care of that day job that, that is so critical. You know, making your boss happy, regardless of the fact that he doesn't get us, I'm sorry, but you still have to try to make him happy, right? To fulfill your obligation of the day job, because that follows you with your, that's your reputation, that's your brand, right? Yeah. And, um, and just keep looking for an opportunity. An opportunity will open up. Talk to those mentors that you have at every opportunity, you know, make it known what your interests are, the work that you're doing on the side that's so beneficial to the company. Um, it, it will land on the right ears. Thank you. Yeah. And I just want to add, the other thing is you probably feel like, you know, I'm trying to tell him, like, this is really important and this is why this is important. And he makes it seem like you're just very passionate about it and he doesn't see it. Well, you know, the data speaks for itself, right? So maybe it's more of a conversation about some trend data and some analysis that shows, you know, basically to the extent in which we're not diverse, we're weak as an organization. And giving him some facts and then looking at metrics of your organization, um, trends that have occurred throughout periods of time to illustrate that either we're on a downslope or we're on an upslope or comparable companies like us have this type of a diversity profile and they're excelling and advancing in the industry in the market sector. So then it, it's not just you, this is the world that we live in and you're illustrating to him with data and facts, not personal opinions or thoughts or passion, but you know, other like businesses have different diversity profiles and they're very successful in the game and they recruit from these institutions and they bring in people and they have these types of programs that enable their success. As a leader, he should then want that like and similar success as a manager. Um, and sometimes it's just a lack of education from a data standpoint, because um, the data doesn't lie. Um, and I would try that approach rather than I'm just really excited about this and this is why I do this and this is gonna be great for the company. No, this is, what, this is what's happening in the world and this is what's happening in our business and this is what we are not doing but you see an opportunity and then make it about him. This, you can like literally change this whole thing around um, by doing these things so he's invested in exactly what you're invested in and he's your champion with other leaders outside. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. If you're passionate, you know, if you're passionate about DNI, diversity and inclusion, and I do a lot of work also in, in my side job, right, bringing in people that look like me into positions. I'm in mm -hmm. architecture. Um, we don't have a lot of black architects, right? So what I do is if I have a, a manager that's not, they haven't gotten it, I go above that person, right? Yeah. I want to find and talk to my diversity officer. I want to talk to all the managing directors who get it. I want to work closely with them 
right, to recruit uh, minorities into technology, et cetera, so that, you know, they begin to influence my manager indirectly. Also, a lot of, time, a lot of teams have diversity goals, right? You can talk to your HR business partner to, to figure out what they are. So it becomes a conversation of, hey, I know either you or your manager or your manager's manager has these diversity goals that need to be met. I know they don't get talked about a lot, mm -hmm. but I know they're there. And this is how I want to help. Mm -hmm. This is how I want to help. And lastly, you know, the conversation can also be, you know, when I'm in these meetings and, and, and on these teams of engineers, I don't see a lot of people that look like me. Right, and that's really important that I do <laughs> eventually see people that look like me, either uh, my peers or folks that I can look up to and aspire to be like one day. Um, so that's really important to me. So you know, I'm gonna dedicate maybe my lunch hour to uh, sort of build that pipeline because it's important to me. Your manager, if he walks away from that conversation, you probably should find another position. Colonel Shaw from the Marine Corps. Uh, with regard to your, your question, I think that um, I went to a PWI, um, which I recently found out that there are PWIs, but um, and, and really didn't know a lot about African-American history. Um, and, and certainly, you know, I read uh, Lean In, uh, but didn't know a lot about like the specifics of some things that happened with women. Um, so I think it's incumbent, all of what everyone said, but it's also very incumbent for us to know exactly what our history is so that when you're communicating, you're communicating again, the passion is important, um, the bottom line is important, but also the history. Um, and when you can really talk to facts of what history has done, history uh, provided opportunities and didn't provide opportunities, then I think that's also very powerful. Um, recently I was in a meeting um, with uh, a three-star general who is you know, a white guy from Texas, uh, has a southern drawl, and really felt that he was going to come at the problems a certain way, but he started talking about African-American history in the Marine Corps. He talk, talked about things that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. So I think the fact that, you know, that we can throw back that history that's real uh, can also move the ball. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. My name is Marjani Chapman. I am in HR management at Quicken Loans. And one of the things that I love about my organization is that it's a very culture-based organization, right? Um, you know, we have these isms or core values that sort of shape our organization. And part of that, um, especially being in a leadership role, has to do with servant leadership. Mm -hmm. um, which I find difficult to navigate when it comes to prioritization, I feel like there is an expectation of doing all the things, right? Like you are there to serve your team members, to serve your peers, to serve your leadership. Um, I think we find those same issues as women and, and, and men as parents, as, you know, wives or husbands, you know, you have all these obligations, everybody needs you. And you don't want to tell anybody no, and especially when it's something that your organizational culture is built on. So do you guys have any advice for folks who are trying to navigate those cultural expectations in an organization or those leadership expectations while still making it a priority for you to do the things that advance yourself, but it means that you gotta say no sometimes. So um, I like the idea of prioritizing. And, and no is a powerful word that really doesn't always warrant an explanation. Um, sometimes reframing it or reaffirming that, you know, I know we'd like to work on that this month, but due to the conflicting and competing priorities, we're going to have to work that next month because we just can't take that on. I think that's important. Um, but, you know, I think controlling your day and your schedule is very important. And you lay that out the night before, so you don't really walk in like, like trying to figure out, okay, what, what is it we're supposed to be doing today? Like you've already mapped out, you need to get these things accomplished and about how long they're going to take and the impact that they're going to have with you completing what you need to complete. Um, and I think you do that the night before and you literally just, it's okay. You know, when we are natural nurturers. We feel like we have got to do everything for everybody <laughs> all the time. And then we lose ourselves, right? And the things that you're trying to get accomplished. Um, but you'll see that most 
And I'll just say most men don't tend to do that, right? They're not on the PAT and all that. It's just too much. So they are okay with saying, well, I'm not going to be able to do that this time, but I might do that the next quarter. Um, and we have to do that too, looking at what we have. It's a finite amount of time and the impact, the things that are going to have the most meaningful things that are going to have the greatest impact for you is really where you want to channel your energy. And delegation is key. Delegating some of it to somebody else to shine, to soar, to own it, to co you know, codify it and create it and use you as a soundboard. If you have any questions, come back. You know, any ideas you want to bounce off me, I'll make myself available for a quick chat. But um, not taking all of it on, um, it isn't really healthy even for you. And then like you said, the stress of trying to figure out how to do it all, some of it is just not feasibly possible um, without sacrificing way too much of yourself to do it. So prioritizing and no is powerful. When you can't do it, you can't. But someone else can certainly do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, delegation and prioritization, mm -hmm. um, they go in hand in hand. You know, the things in your list are to be done. So the power of saying no, delegation, and prioritization. All three have to go mm -hmm. hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Just one word on delegating. I don't think many of us do enough of it. Mm -hmm. And ironically, sometimes the things that we don't have time to do or we don't really want to do, like you were talking about public speaking or delivering a training if we're an introvert, there's actually probably someone around you that works next to you, with you, that would love to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's about knowing yourself better, but it's also about knowing your resources, right? And you'd be surprised. Many times when I delegate activities or, or projects, people are actually very happy to take them on because they're looking for that growth opportunity. Mm -hmm. I only have to remind myself that when we delegate something, it will not be done the way I would do it, <laughs> and to be very considerate and gentle in my feedback, mm -hmm. right? But there's beauty in that investment, right, in that individual. So I had to train you because we all let, we were all at some point in that position of needing someone to pause, take a little bit of extra time to teach and train us how to do it, and then eventually, like the next time, a like and similar requirement comes up, I don't have to do that. Um, but that part to me is like passing the torch, so to speak, onto someone else to kind of grow, do it their way, um, and, and recognize people for volunteering and stepping up and saying, that right. is so awesome that you did that and you did a great job, um, positive feedback, and if they're coming to you throughout the process, give them some alternative things to consider. But I think it's very important to invest in others because at some point, someone should be able to step in your role um, and you should feel very comfortable that, you know, in my absence, They've got it. I've taught them everything I know. They have a unique way of applying it, and it moves the, com the organization or the company or command forward. Um, so, I, you know, it, it is a little bit of investment. When we hire interns, you're like, oh, I've got all these little interns, and they, they know there's a, three branches of government, there's some basic stuff, but they don't know how to operate and move about in your organization. Right. So someone shows them that, but at some point they fly and they soar, and you can look back and realize the impact that you made as, as a legacy leader. Yeah. And just one last word. Your vice president expects you to see it through fruition, but he or she doesn't necessarily expect you to do it. Exactly. So you can actually, when you brief them, you know what, I've got the project under control, I have Sue looking up the data, I have Phil creating the timeline, our estimate is we'll have it to you by the end of business tomorrow. And it's right? an awesome reflection on you. Yeah, it is. It they is. see you as a leader mm -hmm. stepping up and taking charge of the project. And they didn't even know who Sue was. Yeah. <laughs> right. there for like a half hour scared to death oh. I'm, a, I'm an introvert so it's like really difficult I kept, saying, I kept saying to her it's like I need, I need to ask this question she's like go ahead go um so I have a question for you all on um how do you navigate um uh, a team situation with a manager um and you guys just touched on that and that what it kind of got me to like to move because it, it's um, it's about my my training and and onboarding into a new position uh -huh. where you feel like I'll say um, where your manager has put someone in place right to train you bring you up to speed but I'm trying to figure out how to navigate through um, 
maybe what I would call that person having more seniority and uh, loyalty already built in. But on my side, I'm feeling like when time comes for, let's say John, right, to train me, John has to go walk his dog or John has to, John cuts the meeting short or John says, um, you know, let's reschedule for another time. Um, to where I feel that my onboarding is, you know, not where it should be, but then I'm scared to, you know, put a negative light, right, on John. So I'm just trying to figure out how do I navigate that with my, with my boss, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't wanna, you know, I'm the new right. kid on the block, right? And right. so, you know, John already has these built-in loyalties. And so I'm, I've been trying now for like six months. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot of weekends trying to just mm -hmm. get myself up to mm -hmm. speed, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of stay ahead of things. And I'm, I've been trying to figure out how to navigate that with my boss. How do I communicate negativity in a positive way to my boss without hurting? Because I'm not trying to hurt John, mm -hmm. right? But I feel like my growth is being thwarted. So I have a question for you. Are there other like John's in the organization? For example, John's a program manager, but so is Lisa. Um, there, there is, um, and, but we're, we're, the organization, we're pretty mobile, so when I say like John, um, we might have a meeting, it's, it's um, video, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's a, it's a global organization, so the other people might, different time zones. Right, John and I are in the same location. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of times I find like I have to sometimes reach out to my boss in a roundabout kind of way and then he'll have to show me something that John should have showed me. But it's like he's not picking up on that like, you know, mm -hmm. I thought you, you know, you should know this already. Why, why hasn't John showed you this already? So. You know, I've, I've been just trying to figure out how do you navigate that type of situation. Um, you know, so far I've been doing it, but it's been taking a lot of, a lot of energy. Effort. Yeah. One of the things I would offer is um, not putting John, you know, under the bus per se, yeah. but acknowledging that John obviously is extremely busy. And I know there's some other individuals, um, yeah, extremely busy and appreciate all that he's continuing to do. But I know there's some other people in the organization that are equally as competent. Um, if I can get the name of some of those individuals, um, I'd like to maybe kind of contact them as well, just to have multiple individuals that you can start to build your little tribe with to get some additional, even if it's a different time zone, because that's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience for you, but you're working on the weekends anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be inconvenienced, at least allow you during the, the day, the weekday, so you gain your weekends back. Um, being very resourceful and asking, like, are there other resources and things that you can read and learn, um, other people that you can shadow? I'm a big proponent of shadowing individuals. Um, one, you build a relationship with someone, and I know it's virtual, but it might be an opportunity for you to, like, fly over and meet with someone else and get a whole different perspective, but learn the resources and the tools and things within the, in the organization that you can use and not necessarily start to shed your reliance basically on John. Um, holistically um, and his you said he has a bunch of supporters already um, really it's building relationship with those individuals that are beneath him or surround him as well that you don't even have to ask him you can go over and ask Todd and Todd knows the answer too um, and I know you're you feel like you're infusing yourself and encroaching on others but that's okay because um, you're gonna get to a point where you don't need that reliance um, sooner than you know okay mm -hmm. thank you you're welcome and then, oh, one more thing. That, for whatever industry that is, look, do research to see what other companies are doing. Your boss might appreciate, John may be great, but John's not necessarily the end-all, be-all. You might be able to bring a whole different way of doing something or a whole, infuse a whole different um, model, business model or approach, something that John's doing it the way John's always been doing it. But company X is doing something totally different, a little bit more edgy. Your boss might appreciate that diversity of, bringing in something that's totally different than what John's been doing. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. 
Well, we want to leave you guys with um, some comments um, as we close it out. Um, and also, I'm a big recognizer of people. So those leaders that stood forward, we have some books for you. Um, the two that stood forward and asked questions, I don't know if they're still here. Um, when we first started, please come up afterwards. Um, the other thing is, you know, in order to project and radiate outward, you definitely want to be focused and intentional inward. So do the due diligence of preparing yourself for all that you're entitled to, all that you want to aspire to be, and all that you intend to gain. But the inward focus, to me, is how we become great. And like I said in the previous session, greatness is never contained. All right. Uh, thank you all. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. If I leave you with one thing, just encourage you to make sure that your career and your job are as aligned as possible. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I like to close with saying, you know, as much you are prioritized or focused, make sure that you yourself move away from the distractions. You know, uh, how many of you are right now on Facebook or Twitter? They are good. I'm not saying they are bad, but you know, uh, make sure you you keep uh, keep your distractions also under control, and you know, get go and get it. Thank you for listening to The Power of Focus, tuning in to the right priorities, a professional development seminar featuring National Industrial Business Operations Director for NAVAIR, Adrian Somerville, Senior Engineer for NetApp Incorporated, Anu Mangali, and Diversity and Inclusion Manager for Raytheon Company, Lisa Reiser. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.